Welcome to the Yesteryear Chronicles, where we journey back in time to explore the events that shaped our world. I'm Adrian, your guide through the annals of history. And I'm Becca, here to bring a scientific perspective to the past. I'm excited to delve into some of the most fascinating events in history and see how they connect to our world today. We'll be looking at Park Chung-hee's coup, the first Academy Awards ceremony, and much more. That's right, Becca. And if you're a history buff like me or just looking to learn something new, you won't want to miss this episode of the Yesteryear Chronicles. Let's start with a political event that took place in the United States back in 1868. On this day, the United States Senate failed to convict President Andrew Johnson by one vote. This was a crucial moment in American history, as Johnson's impeachment was seen as a test of the balance of power between the legislative and executive branches of government. Wow, that's quite a significant event. It just goes to show how one vote can make all the difference. Speaking of significant events, did you know that on this day in 1919, a naval Curtis NC-4 aircraft commanded by Albert Cushing Red left Trapassi, Newfoundland for Lisbon via the Azores on the first transatlantic flight? Yes, that was a groundbreaking achievement in the history of aviation. It's hard to imagine a time when crossing the Atlantic by air was nothing more than a pipe dream. But let's go even further back in time, shall we? On this day in 1888, Nikola Tesla delivered a lecture describing the equipment which would allow efficient generation and use of alternating currents to transmit electric power over long distances. Ah, Tesla, the genius inventor who was ahead of his time. It's fascinating to think about how his innovations in electricity have shaped the modern world. Alternating current, or AC, is a type of electrical current that periodically reverses direction. It was an important innovation because it allowed for the transmission of electricity over long distances, which was not possible with direct current, or DC. This made it possible to build large-scale power plants and distribute electricity to homes and businesses, transforming the way we live and work. Indeed, Becca, it just goes to show how interconnected all these events are and how they've shaped the world we live in today. Today, we're diving into a significant event that shook the course of South Korean history. On May 16, 1961, Park Chung-hee led a coup d'etat to overthrow the Second Republic of South Korea. Park Chung-hee. I've heard that name before, but I'm not well-versed in Korean history. Who is he and what led him to stage a coup? Park was a South Korean military general who later became the country's president. He rose to power after a military coup in 1961, which overthrew the civilian government led by Prime Minister Chang Myon. The coup was driven by a combination of factors, including political instability, corruption, and economic struggles. So Park wasn't content with being just a military leader? No, he saw himself as a transformative leader who could revolutionize the country's economy and improve its standing in the world. After seizing power, Park Chung-hee declared martial law and suspended the Constitution. He then established the Supreme Council for National Reconstruction, which governed the country until 1963. That sounds like a pretty extreme measure. Did he face any opposition? Yes, there was significant opposition to his regime, both domestically and internationally. The United States, for example, had initially supported the coup, but later came to view Park Chung-hee as a dictator who was suppressing democratic ideals. How did Park Chung-hee respond to this opposition? He was ruthless in his suppression of dissent. He censored the media, jailed political opponents, and even carried out assassinations of dissidents living abroad. However, he was also credited with modernizing South Korea's economy and transforming it into an industrial powerhouse. It sounds like he was a complicated figure. How did his reign come to an end? Park's reign ended in 1979, 
when he was assassinated by his own intelligence chief. However, his legacy lived on in South Korean politics, with his daughter Park Gyeonghye serving as the country's president from 2013 to 2017. Her tenure was also marked by controversy and scandal, leading to her impeachment and removal from office. Wow, it's amazing how the events of the past can still have an impact on the present. Thanks for taking us on this deep dive, Adrian. My pleasure, Becca. It's always fascinating to explore the twists and turns of history and how they shape our world today. Let's dive deep into the historical implications of a potent substance that has permeated American society for centuries, nicotine. One could argue that the turning point in our understanding of nicotine's effects was the landmark report by the Surgeon General of the United States, C. Everett Koop, published on May 16, 1988. Yes, this was a game-changing report that really put the addictive qualities of nicotine into perspective. Precisely, Adrian. This report, heavily steeped in meticulous research, officially declared nicotine as addictive as heroin or cocaine. It was an unequivocal statement, a stark departure from the once-casual societal approach towards nicotine consumption. Given that tobacco has been integral to American history, from the colonial cash crop to a symbol of rebellion in the 20th century, this report must have sent shockwaves through the industry and society. It indeed did. The tobacco industry, which had been a cornerstone of American agriculture and economy since the colonial era, found itself on the defensive. Faced with a growing public health crisis and mounting scientific evidence, the industry was forced to reassess its position. And the Surgeon General's report played a crucial role in this, didn't it? Absolutely. The report's unequivocal stance on nicotine's addictive properties didn't just expose the hard truth about the substance. It also catalyzed a paradigm shift in public health policy and tobacco control efforts. This was the starting point of concerted efforts to curtail tobacco use, leading to significant decreases in smoking rates in the decades that followed. It's fascinating how this report from 1988 still resonates in our collective efforts against nicotine addiction. It underscores the importance of science and research in shaping public health policy. Indeed, Adrian. The report stands as a testament to the power of evidence-based research in informing policy and catalyzing change. It also serves as a reminder of our ongoing battle against nicotine addiction a battle rooted in our history and crucial for our future health. In today's pop culture segment, we're celebrating some significant events and birthdays in the world of entertainment and music. That's right, and it's always exciting to reflect on the past and look forward to the future of pop culture. Let's start with a throwback, shall we? Today marks the 94th anniversary of the first-ever Academy Awards ceremony, held in Hollywood in 1929. Ah, the Oscars, the pinnacle of recognition in the film industry. I wonder what the atmosphere was like at that first ceremony. Can you imagine? It's hard to say, but I'm sure it was a star-studded affair. The ceremony itself only lasted 15 minutes, and the awards were presented for films released between 1927 and 1928. And interestingly enough, the award for Best Picture went to Wings, a silent film. Silent films. It's amazing to think about how far we've come in terms of technology and storytelling in film. Speaking of storytelling, today is also the birthday of Tori Spelling, born in 1973. She's an American actress, reality television personality, and author. Yes, Tori Spelling has had quite a career in the entertainment industry. She's probably best known for her role as Donna Martin in the hit TV series Beverly Hills 90210. But she's also been a prominent figure in reality TV, appearing on shows like Tori and Dean, In Love, and True Tori. 
And let's not forget about her writing career. She's published several memoirs and novels. Impressive. From TV to books, Tori Spelling has certainly made a name for herself. Now let's talk about music. Today is the birthday of Robert Fripp, born in 1946. Fripp is an English guitarist, songwriter, and producer, known for his work with the progressive rock band King Crimson. Yes, King Crimson has been a staple in the progressive rock scene since the late 60s. And Fripp's guitar playing has been a significant part of the band's sound. In addition to his work with King Crimson, he's also collaborated with numerous other musicians and has been involved in various projects over the years. Absolutely. Fripp's contribution to music and especially modern guitar playing cannot be overstated. And that wraps up today's episode of the Yesteryear Chronicles. We hope you enjoyed traveling back in time with us as we surveyed May 16th throughout history. Before we go, we'd like to acknowledge that today is Mass Graves Day in Iraq. It's a solemn reminder of the atrocities committed during Saddam Hussein's regime and a day to honor the victims and their families. See you tomorrow for more Chronicles of Yesteryear.